Hey, World of Real listeners here in San Antonio, Texas. We have an amazing independent wrestling show coming to town called The Great San Antonio Bash. You have the opportunity to enjoy five hours of live wrestling, an opportunity to do a meet and greet with former WWE TNA superstars from all over the world, such as Shelton Benjamin, EC3, Billy Gunn, Tommy Dreamer, ECW referee Bill Alfonso, Buff Bagwell, Colt Cabana, former ROH superstar Nigel McGinnis. Tickets are on sale at GreatSanAntonioBash.com. Pick them up today. This is the World of Raw Podcast. And introducing your host, standing at 6'5", weighing 225 pounds, from Alice, Texas, Roel Santos. All right, folks. Sit back, relax, crank up your audio level to the highest decibel, because we're now going to get into the World of Row podcast. I am your host, my name is Ro. That's short for Roel. Roel Santos. I'm a guy who will open the door for somebody. I always say thank you to somebody when they do something nice and courteous to me. I am also a proud husband, a wonderful father, a delightful human being. Someone who always says, I appreciate everything. Welcome to the show. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I hope you enjoy. This podcast is available to you every single Friday on iTunes, GooglePlay.com, WorldOfRow.com. So the best thing that you can do for my show is by taking the time to rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends about me. Tell them all about this amazing podcast. Tell them how much you enjoy it. You know, just use your social media. Text it out. You know, maybe do a tweet, a Snapchat, what have you. Take the time to do that review on iTunes for me. It takes... 30 seconds to do. If you already enjoy the show, it would just, it would really help and it definitely goes a long way and uh, helps me, uh, helps this this uh, podcast stay in the chart, on the top of the charts on iTunes and it keeps the algorithm active and all that jazz. So uh, thank you very much and I would really, really appreciate it. All right, guys. So um, how are y'all doing? How's, ev- how's everything going? Um, have you uh, had a fantastic week? Was your week the previous, you know, last week, was it great? I hope it was. You know, um, it, it's always uh, it's always nice to be able to spend time with family. And I mean, whether it's immediate family or, or your relatives coming into town. And last week was, was a pretty challenging week for me. Uh, toward the end of the week, going into the weekend, I, I felt really, really sad and bummed out because I didn't have the opportunity to spend time with my family. And it's starting to creep up on me with this whole you know, working and having to ah, do things. I don't know. I was, I lost my train of thought there for a second. Do the thing, you know, I have to do the things necessary to provide and take care of my family. And I, I, I got homesick, you know, not being able to be here, you know, not being able to be here. That's what I was. Yeah. To spend time with them. It just kind of, it just, it bums me out. I'm at work and you know, they're at my, my family's here at home, my wife and my daughter. And uh, I just, I really missed them this weekend, you know? Even though, I mean, I, I would see them in the evening, but it's just like, you know, seven or eight hours or nine to ten hours, 11 hours a day, and I'm not seeing them. I can't even imagine what it's like for people who are always traveling or they're always having to do business, you know, flying out of state and things like that. But it, nonetheless, it, it was still an okay weekend. It could have been a little bit better, but, you know, I'm just grateful to have them, you know. So, um, yeah, moving along... Uh, I just, you know, I don't know. I, I hope that you're, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. We, there's an exci- a lot of exciting things going on right now in the world. And uh, one of them is being that, you know, NFL season has started this, uh, is starting today. This is Thursday. So we have that to look forward to. A lot of you football fans out there, especially in Texas, man, we just love football. But uh, I'm excited because I'm a big wrestling fan. You guys have already, you guys know that. You've got, you guys, you've guys, you guys have uh, listened to podcasts in the past where I've talked to Toff from the UK. He's a professional wrestler out there. Talked to Marty DeRosa, who's pretty, a, a pretty big wrestling fan, and he's involved with Colt Cabana doing things with him. And, you know, cut my promo, not cut my promo, worst, worst promo ever, and all these other side projects, $5 wrestling that they do. But there is an amazing, if you guys heard the intro, there's an amazing independent wrestling show 
And I'm super excited because I'm actually going and I'm super stoked to the opportunity to see some of these professional wrestlers. And, you know, it's nothing, it's different from a, of a, than a WWE show or a TNA show. It's, it's an independent wrestling show, which means these guys are just out there. They're just working their butts off. And not that those other guys don't because every day, I mean, these guys travel. And again, like I was getting to earlier, they do a lot of stuff. But I do have a, a clip here that I want to play. And. I want you guys to listen and tell me what you think, and it's uh, it's a really nice one here, so check it out. What's up, San Antonio? It's the mayor of Slamtown, Johnny Mundo, telling you that I'm going to be in your town this Sunday, September 11th, for the San Antonio Bash. A fan fest followed by a live wrestling show. Get your tickets right now at greatsanantoniobash.com. That was none other than John Morrison, a.k.a. Johnny Mundo. You guys may remember him from WWE with... Uh, Eminem, Miz and Morrison, he just plugged the show. So that's going to be an amazing show, guys. The Great San Antonio Bash, like I mentioned earlier, I'm super excited that I get to go. The opportunity to watch professional wrestling at its finest. You know, the likes of Kurt Angle. This guy's an Olympic gold medalist. Uh, You know, uh, Tommy Dreamer, ECW original. Bill Alfonso, ECW referee. Billy Gunn, Mr. Ass. Remember him from D-Generation X? Man, such an amazing show. And I'm super thrilled at the opportunity that I get to finally see Colt Cabana live in person. My biggest podcast influence. And the guy who kind of just he's the king of the indies man he he's the diy guy i mean you guys hear me say you've heard me say diy this guy is like the man when it comes to diy whether it's his podcast his merch all those other things i mean this he just knocks it out of the park every every day he works his butt off all these guys work their asses off i'm just super excited about going you if you're into this if you're into professional wrestling check this show out go get your tickets there's some good prices available, and you have the opportunity to do a meet and greet with some of these guys. It's really awesome. So um, check it out. Man, yeah. So, all right, uh, you know, going on, you know, this week's guest, we have Sam Slade on the show this week. And Sam is a stand-up comedian. He's a fan of professional wrestling. God, professional wrestling, believe it or not. Uh, he, we talked about that a, a great deal during the podcast. Uh, he had the opportunity to work with the Obama campaign. I mean, so he's a stand-up comedian, and he did the Obama campaign. How cool is that? I mean, maybe you don't support Barack Obama, and that's fine, but this guy, I mean, he had the opportunity to do it, and I was really, really excited about the opportunity to talking with him. We had a blast. I mean, we laughed a lot. You know, he he got my jokes. I got his jokes. We were able to connect, and the best part about it was is that we were able to do it in person. Now, with podcasting guys lately, you know, I don't have the opportunity to do a lot of in-person podcasting. I've had a couple of opportunities with family members, some a close friend, and uh, you know Chad was on the podcast, and we met up and had a you know the conversation. And um, Sam wanted to wanted to help me out, and he came in from San Marcos, which is about a thirty minute drive from where I'm from, uh, here in San Antonio. And he came out. We we talked for two hours. So that being said, this is actually part one of the amazing podcast. I hope you enjoy. There's a lot of good laughs. He tells an amazing story. There's just, it's something that you're just going to, I I enjoyed it. <laughs> just so you guys know, we laughed. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Even Amelia enjoyed it. She was hanging out with us, my daughter. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it, was, it was so much fun. I, you know, these podcasts, as episodes go in, I, I can find myself continually getting more comfortable with my guests. And I think the opportunity to sit down and break, you know, we didn't break bread, but break the ice, if you will, and talk and share you know, stories or experiences. And, you know, Sam and I did that. And Sam and I had actually been trying to do this for almost a year. So when we finally hooked up and got this done, we have this amazing audio greatness. I call it audio greatness. And I, I think Sam will agree. So that's why there's two parts. So I'm going to go ahead and play part one for you guys now. And I hope you enjoy. So how how in the hell are you a Laker fan? Boy, that's a good question. Uh, yeah. My uncle was a high school basketball coach for a long time, in at least m- all my life in Cedar Hill, Texas. Right, right, right. And I mean, I was raised on Jordan wasn't even Jordan yet. Like, okay, it was okay. before the '91 Finals. Oh wow, okay. So I'm you know four or five years old. It's Magic. It's Kareem. Larry. 
No, it's the Celtics, Lakers, right? Magic Bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And the bad boys are out there somewhere right, 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 you right. Know, coming for you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Magic and Kareem. And then we had those rough years where once I'm old enough to play Little League and everything, it's we got Van Exel and Eddie Jones and Seth Sabalos. Right. And, uh, Did you, you know, say Sabalos? Yeah. Yeah, it's old school, Sabalos right? was good. Yeah, Eldon like Campbell. You know? Eldon Campbell, yeah. I like Eldon Campbell. Uh, that's that that's that team that got us through the, the rough patch there. Right, 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 right. And then you know, then we trade Vlade for, for Kobe on draft night and pick up Shaq yeah. and he, he dumps Penny and Oh man. You know what? I was just I was just watching that thirty for thirty, uh the magic moment. Have you seen that? Wasn't it wonderful? It was really good. It was awesome. Man. Sha Shaq uh now, it's funny now, right? Because he's older and he realizes that he was he made the wrong tr- some this, his decision making was bad. I mean, I get it. He wanted more money. He wanted to be sure. the man. And I think the Magic messed up too because they were still kind of a young franchise. They didn't know how Very to young. Uh, how to address that whole thing, right? With well, let's offer him this money. But then Zoe gets this money and he's like, okay, I want more money. Right. And Jerry West, being Jerry West, write a check, wrote a check, did made all these moves and. The rest is history. Yeah, it's interesting sh- uh, Shaq on that because he really does seem like a guy looking back at a relationship yeah. with a with girl he really loved. Right. And it just didn't work out the way either one of them wanted right. and, and whatever happened at the time. But you can tell, not to get you know, broke no. back mountain with it, but they, <laughs> you know, to you see know Penny. And, right. Yeah. <laughs> to, to see Penny and Shaq together after all these years hanging yeah. out at that pool together. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Man, that was lovely. Dude, and, and you know. I think personally, I mean, look, I know you're a Laker fan, and I can be biased towards you a little bit because yeah, I'm a Spurs it. fan. And I honestly think Shaq and Cope, I mean, Shaq and Penny could have been even better than Shaq and Kobe. Just and the only reason why I say this is because, look, Kobe is a much better scorer than Penny was, but Penny was very unselfish. Right. Penny so was he, a playmaker. Yes. He was like, Shaq would go down the block and pick his hand up and the ball was right there. Right. Penny's like, then, I'm looking for Shaq. And there was no ego yet. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Kobe came in, you know, stud, and, and Penny didn't have that. Right. You, know, you hear those things where Shaq pretty much told him, draft this guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you got to get this guy. I'm going to be pissed if you don't get him. And then they didn't get him. They got C-Web, and right. then they trade C-Web draft night for Penny. And Oh, man. It, it, it's, it sucks, man, because that, that, that was a good franchise, and they had so much potential. But you being a Laker fan, I mean, I, I'm a little, I was a little hesitant about letting you in here, man. Because, really? Yeah, because I mean, I'm, I'm a Spurs fan, man. I mean, you know. When I pulled in the neighborhood, <laughs> at the end of the block, you yeah. got a neighbor, a giant Spurs sticker that covers up his entire back window. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, at first, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Roe is hardcore, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't have a sticker. I had a flag, and usually I put it up during playoff season. Yeah, I'll rotate between that and, and my Blackhawks flag. There but you go. yeah, just uh, you know. Yeah, this is definitely Spurs country, man. Oh yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's you, do you uh, do you have a lot of friends that are Spurs fans? Oh yeah, I got a ton of Spurs so fans. You, but but I kind of have have I got a crew of uh, three or four buddies who I went to high school with, right. and we were the Lakers fans. Gotcha. And we've kind of all stuck together. And mm-hmm. and Kobe's last game last year was, I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, he shot the ball what fifty, sixty uh, times. You know, whatever it takes, <laughs> whatever it takes for that, that <laughs> Spielberg moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give him that final moment. Give him his last game. I mean, let's be honest on that current Laker team. Who else are you going to pass that ball to? That's true, man. That team is pretty horrible, man. They're they're like a summer league team. They're yeah, you know, there's nobody. They they have no guy. It's, yeah, but you know, Jordan Clarkson's pretty good too. He man. is. He's from here. Is he really? He went to school at Wagner, right oh, there. I didn't know that. Yeah, dude. Well, yeah, I you know, I think they've but, got I mean, a lot not. of young talent. Right. It's just going to take it some time. I agree. I agree. So, being a Lake, you were a Laker fan. Did you you played basketball in high school? Did you play any other sports or I played uh, football in junior high, ran track in junior high, yeah. and then the first day of two days rolled around. Oh fuck! And I was a pretty good linebacker in seventh and eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. And two days rolls around. First day of two days, you popped your knee. I walk out. Yeah, I just hit it with a hammer, <laughs> and then I uh, I, no, I walked outside, and it's like a hundred and five at nine in the morning. Right. And I just turned right back around. I'm gonna wait till basketball season. Yeah. I'll wait till we get in the AC. Nice. Did they try to encourage you to? Oh, to I got stay? A, I got a lot of hell about it from oh, the coaches yeah. when I. If you quit this, you're quitting everything else in life. And yeah. blah, 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 what are you blah, gonna blah. do with your life? 
Like, yeah. I'll figure something out, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think I definitely, you know, it's not like Jerry Jones was looking at me. <laughs> was it very political? So this is seventh and eighth grade, you said? Yeah. And what was, what, what was this? You said this was junior high, right? Yeah, this was, uh, I was at Westridge. So, uh, and the, this was like the feeder to Westlake, right? Right. We have two middle schools that okay. feed into Westlake. Okay. Uh, Westridge and Hill Country. So that was always the big rivalry. And uh, yeah. our claim to fame was Chris Mim. Yeah, Chris and Mim. Hill Country had Drew Brees. So that was kind of. Those were like our mascots, right, 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 you know. Yeah. So yeah, very political. But from what I've heard, my both my younger brothers went to the other middle school, and they say it's. I don't know how good I had it. Mm-hmm. That apparently it was, you know, people offering new tires to coaches for playing <laughs> time, <laughs> among other things. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. You know, you were we were talking before we started, and. Uh, I was telling you that Drew Brees played against my high school football team yeah. back in like 1995. I'm sitting here going, how how can you be? Were you on that team? No, no, no. I was, okay, I, I was, was still. There. I wasn't even in high school yet. Okay, because I was doing that math, and we were talking about you know we're getting kind of older. Yeah, we are. And I'm sitting here, you know, I'm trying to do that math, and I'm going, what did he walk on as like a seventh grader? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. You know, I I was in junior high at the time. I think Drew Brees has got like three years on me because when I was a senior in high school, he was a senior. At Purdue University, and yeah. he had that Heisman run. So he's probably he's got like four years on me. Then I think he's probably like thirty eight or thirty nine now at this point. Boy, he got he did not get the respect he yeah. deserved coming out of yeah. high school and college. Right, man, got overlooked, and I think that was kind of like the beginning of the end for Mac in some ways. But anyway, so yeah, man. So I've I've always been curious on how everything worked down there in Austin. I've heard things about Austin Westlake, and you kind of um, when we were talking earlier, you kind of. Uh, Pretty much Boy, sealed it's, what the what the thoughts were. It's like if Friday Night Lights or Varsity, Varsity Blues. Blues yeah, thank yeah. you, Varsity yeah. Blues. If it took place in a bigger town, wow, yeah. So, but the, is that is that isn't that like the way it is in Texas all I over? Think so. I think, yeah, yeah. Kind I think of it's a little bit like that. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure they're way more hardcore schools. I think Katie's probably. Oh yeah, Katie's much more intense than Westlake yeah. these days. You know, we or was uh was Austin Westlake good at everything in sports? In high school? I mean, pretty much. Really? So nothing else? I mean, they just have depth. They just, they're constantly building that bench, and it's a a whole program. So are these kids like military kids, or what are they? No, none of them. So it's just breeding them, and and I breed. Oh, yeah. I mean, in labs, all the way up from. No, the thing is, you have these kids who play Little League with each other, football, baseball, and basketball from the time they're first, second grade. All the way to All the way up through. So. You know, one of the cool things was when I went over to Austin High and we'd play Westlake, right. I know everything everybody's going to do. I know, you know. So did y'all win or did y'all lose? Oh, no. We got we got killed. <laughs> I was, it's like I was Kobe on that current Lakers team. Was, oh, I, yeah, I, I had yeah, no yeah. help. Yeah, yeah, I just no keep help. chunking them up. You're like, I'm just going to shoot the ball. It's like I got three people on me. I'm going to shoot it. I was actually thinking about it. Road driving down here, I had such an incompetent coach at Austin High. JV team. We had one that was pretty good, but right. the other coach was, uh, I mean, just totally incompetent. I'm pretty sure he was also the janitor at the same time. <laughs> uh, we called him the maintenance guy or whatever. Yeah. PC, you know? PC, yeah, I got you. And or what is it? Custodial technician. Sure. There you go. And then we had a senior who pretty much took over coaching the team. Whoa. Are you serious? Yeah, he's now a, a, a great coach. I'm not sure where he is right now. A guy named uh, uh, Grant Thomas. And uh, yeah. but we get all the way out to Converse for the first game yeah. of sophomore year. We out here, and we show up to the gym, and nobody bothered to to double check this or anything. But the game had been canceled. Oh, so we drove from Austin all the way down here. On Who were y'all supposed Tuesday to play afternoon? Somewhere out here, we showed up to the gym. Maybe it was it Judson. Of, that's who it was. Okay, yeah, at the middle school. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean that's kind of how that's the difference between the level of organization at Austin High and Austin Westlake. You know, it's much more freewheeling. I think it, or at the time it was, but I don't think it's like that anymore. Yeah, they kind of have yeah. their stuff together. They pulled in some Westlake coaches and tried to you know elevate the program, and a lot of Austin High kids during the middle of that transition didn't really go for it. They were kind of kind of had a any given Sunday kind of revolt about it. <laughs> so it was interesting, but yeah, but yeah, I, you know, we we kind of grew up. Even though San Antonio and Austin, you know, there's same, a lot of yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, we're kind of from the same era. We kind of both grew up in the '90s, and we appreciate all things 
nineties, I'm guessing. Absolutely. Yeah. So growing up, man, so you did so you didn't you did sports and I mean obviously we all did that. Being in Texas you have to do some type of sport if you're not doing some people consider you to be a bum, maybe. Yeah, or, I mean, lazy or like <laughs> lazy something or... weird because in a big high school in Texas, there's something you can play. Right. There's always something they could fit you into to get you some time, whether sure. it's track or hurdles. Right. Or whatever it is, chess. You can uh, – <laughs> I had a comic friend of mine in San Marcus. ROTC. Yeah, yeah, something. Yeah. Color Guard, that counts. Color Guard, yeah. They have that – it's pretty much what the Olympic opening ceremony oh, is, I mean, right? that, that's pretty awesome. Do you get some You get some TV time in there? Right. Yeah. I got a friend, though, who he never played sports in high school. He's 25, and I, yeah. I can't even wrap my head around that. Yeah. So I'm like, so you didn't play anything in middle school? He's like, no. Didn't try anything? Like, that's, I just can't even wrap my head around it. But wow. I guess I had coaches for relatives. And yeah. Is that what you did? Uh, yeah, I had, I had oh, uncles okay. that were teachers and coaches. Gotcha. And so it was kind of ingrained in They were the, the history teacher slash coach. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that old deal. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's what my brother, my youngest brother, has actually just started his first day at Hayes High School. Oh, wow. Hayes Consolidated, right? Is that yeah. Hayes Rebels? Uh, Hayes Rebels. Oh, damn. Yeah, and he's going to be too. teaching history, and he'll end up coaching something. Wow, okay. So then where did comedy come into it? Because I know you do, you, you're, a st- you're a stand-up comedian, right? Sure. And you do, you're a man of many hats, as I like to say. So... Where did this come in? Did it start like in high school? Were you like a class clown? Yeah, I was kind a, of, from know? like 7th and 8th grade. I was, I, well, in junior high, it's nice because you can get into all kinds of trouble. And other than, you know, killing a guy, you're pretty much, it's all going to be overlooked by the time you get to high school. Sure. So you realize you're, you're funny. You start doing impressions. And then when I realized I'm not getting letters from UT, I'm yeah. not getting letters from UConn, I'm not hearing from, <laughs> you know, University of Arizona. Yeah, that Lou that Lou Oltz, Lou Olson never called you. Huh? Right, I'm not no. getting Bobby Knight's phone call <laughs> from Tech. <laughs> I decide that. Uh, well, you know, I let's just just try it. See right. how it goes. So was this like improv or what was? This? Oh no, I'm terrible at improv. Uh, I show up to to Cap City Comedy Club and I'm, yeah. I'm 16 and I beg them to let me go on. And yeah, they say fine. And I've got a whole car full of guys I brought with me. Mm-hmm. And we show up walking up like the Muppets at the end of the Muppet movie in yeah, the yeah, exec's yeah. office. <laughs> and they basically tell me you can pick two friends. And you know we had to all kind of rock paper scissor it out and figure out who's coming in. Everybody else sat in the car oh, like wow. waiting like like a yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like waiting to see the sex of the baby. You know, all nervous. <laughs> And uh, and then I was hooked. It was that night. I had a pretty good set and many awful ones to follow. But right. I think the fact that I had uh, a first good set, I mean, I was hooked. I was wow. Hooked. Do you remember how that first set went? Oh, yeah. I did stuff that uh, was just terrible. But yeah. I think I, I was so energetic about it and, and so into it that it uh, it worked out all right, being that I was a 16-year-old in a lineup yeah. of you know grown men who had been doing it for a long time. Right. I was doing stuff about forgetting your locker combination at school, trying to impress girls at school, all that kind of stuff. And we've all done that. Yeah, I just, you know, at the time, it's, I know the guy who followed me, John Raybon, who's still around in Austin, who, I mean, nice guy. He's definitely more of kind of like a rockabilly, like kind of a cutthroat dude, Mm -hmm. kind of more of a, does a lot of roast battle, kind of what we'd call that now. Yeah. But I mean, he went on after me and did like, 12 minutes on how comedy's not for kids and, and kids shouldn't be at comedy clubs. And I think that's directly because was, he followed me. Was he making me. it toward you? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And I was riding so high, row off of off of getting laughs on a stage like that, that yeah. I, I'm not even hearing any of it. Right, I mean, right, I'm right. in like this whole... Cloud nine, oh, right? Absolutely, man. You had to be 16 years old and you went and talked in front of a crowd and you made jokes and maybe... I mean, they, they got they some laugh? laughs. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and a guy uh, named Jimmy Roulette came up to me after my first set. He he ended up opening for Chappelle years later. And oh, I think wow. now he's, he's kind of retired to some extent. And yeah. he came up to me. He was like, kid, you're spitting gold. Stick with it. And just for that one compliment from another comic on that lineup was enough for me to kind of think maybe there's something here. Sure, you know. So, wow. And you were 16. Yeah. So then, when you got out of high school, what did you do? I actually, uh, I get my GED because they okay. explained to me that we'd like you to come back for a semester. And I said, boy, that doesn't really work for my schedule. Right. And I end up interning at. Uh, the Dudley and Bob show mm-hmm. in Austin, Texas. Uh, okay. KLBJ FM, and sure. it's. At the time, they kind of came up doing kind of shock jock stuff, competing with Stern in the ratings every right, time he'd right, flow right. in and out of the market. And you're 18, you said, at this point? Yeah, I'm 18. And you're working a radio station. Yeah, and, and I went in for my my little on-air intern interview, 
and the guest is that guy Jimmy Roulette. Okay, wow. So yeah, we come small full world. circle, and, yeah, yeah. and he, I walk in, and he's like, "Hey, man, what are you doing here?" And I'm trying to be an intern, and right. you know, then the host of the show are going, Dudley and Bob are going, "How do you know this kid?" And he's, "Oh, this kid's hilarious. I, you know, he's been <laughs> doing stand-up for a few years." Yeah. So that, that definitely, it was like having my job reference in the room. Right. It was very. It was nice. It was like instant, instant, like. Your instant credibility. Yeah, like it was like LinkedIn in person. <laughs> it worked. Yeah. So I was there for a couple of years and ended up at uh, ESPN Radio and then Clear Channel. And You did ESPN Radio too? Yeah, I did a, a Sunday Cowboys post-game show and then oh, I worked I in the front was office. Fun. It was. Because are you a Cowboys fan? I, I was growing up. And I think by the time I worked there, yeah. after Aikman, oh, I, went down here after I, I, I had a hard time with the silver and blue. Yeah, but I've I, never been a silver and blue fan myself. Oh, I was raised on it because my, you know, yeah, my dad's Texas. old school Texas Cowboys right, right, fan. Right, right, right. I mean, that's that's. I think the all deal. our dads are, man. I think so. Yeah, uh, I mean, you didn't have another option. The Oilers were always, you know, I like the Oilers because I was a big fan of like Warren Moon. So yeah, so I ended up at uh, ESPN Radio, nice. and I'm working in the front office, and I'm doing like a little Sunday post game for the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I show up to work one day, and there's, like, two older Mexican dudes sitting at my desk. And I'm going, this is kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. I walk into my my boss's office. Yeah, we're going to move you up front. Wow. Well, they, they decided to expand Deportes, mm-hmm. ESPN Deportes. Right, right, Basically right. kind of move all of us out. Oh, no. Because we kind of all just are – I mean, the only thing that ESPN covered in all sets time was just UT sports. Right, right, right. I mean, we're not close enough to really get into Astros or Rangers or mm-hmm. Spurs. So, we're it's just all UT. Right. Well, like, uh, I don't know, a month later, they pretty much just clean out everybody. And uh, they, they switch it over from ESPN to the Horn and uh, – so it's a very like it's very UT centric very station now right yeah so uh, then I move over to uh, to Clear Channel and uh, I'm working for like five different stations cutting commercials and cutting promos mm-hmm. and you know finding a way to get back on the air and uh, so you got like a good voice to cut commercials and stuff uh, no I was just like putting stuff together oh we had okay, voice okay. track guy and then okay. and I can't do the big like the the brought to you by Smirnoff yeah. Ice. And that's pretty good. But uh, I'm going to, you know, <laughs> I'm going to put you down as a reference. <laughs> Part of the Go Network. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, what happened to that? No kidding, right? Remember? It was like such that, a big thing. ESPN was always saying that. Yeah. So, it's kind of like Bing, right? Yeah, Bing. Yeah, Bing was like the, the poor man's Google. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Now, if you type something into a search bar, like a library computer, it takes you to Bing. Yeah, yeah. It's the strange. only place I know that still uses Bing. Yeah. So I look up and I'm cutting spots for the Christian Rock Station and working remotes for the Christian Rock Station. I was like, this is not what I got into this for. So so what was it that made you feel like you it wasn't you weren't cut out for it? Was it because it was Christian Rock or was it because Yeah, I I, I just have never been a big Christian Rock guy. Sure. And the other stations weren't really my deal. I mean, we had a very good uh sports station that competed with ESPN. Mm-hmm. It was 1300 the Zone and that's where you had your Jim Rome that's oh, where you okay. had your – I mean, obviously piped in from L.A., but right. some great local shows. Uh, one of the Spurs by play guys, Craig Way. Okay. Did a show there. I think he's still there. And uh, But, I mean, I started at the Dudley and Bob show. where We were doing Dudley crazy outlandish stuff to – I mean, it was still kind of shock jock era. Okay, okay. They've all mellowed out so much, and I think we might have done some stuff that caused some – Controversy? So yeah. what year was this? This would have been uh, 05 to 07. Okay. I was at that morning show. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I played Edward 40 Hands on Air. 40 Hands? You never heard of that? No. Instead of Edward Scissor Hands, right, 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 right. Edward 40 Hands, so you, you can't go to the bathroom until you finish 240s. Oh, so you duct tape to your hands. So were you were you really drinking this stuff on air? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah oh, yeah. man. So how hammered were you? Well, I drank four. Oh. Because I, I finished one round and I was... You know, all full of piss and vinegar, and I was saying, <laughs> let's go, like, bring it on. I don't know if it came out that articulately after 240s, but, right. oh, man, but I ended up uh, passing out in the green room, got, you know, dicks drawn all over my face, and <laughs> basically walked out of walked out of the station by a buddy of mine who's basically helping me out, like we were, you know, trying to get off the battlefield in Vietnam to a helicopter. <laughs> It's always yeah. nice when the when the head sales guy walks up 
it's about 10 a.m. and he's coming in, gets out of his his nice bins, and he's walking in, and here's some intern just puking his his guts out yeah. right in front of the station. I mean, yeah. not even in the parking lot, like right right in front of the front door. Oh my gosh! What was so? What was that? What was that interaction like? Oh, I I don't think I ever talked to the guy. I think oh, I well. just kind of kept it low key, and uh, he's just like, "Oh, this guy's just puking." Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's normal. <laughs> so yeah, we did all kinds of crazy stuff, man. I'm trying to think of what else we did, and just awful horrendous stuff and then i got to yeah. write some jokes for him and and kind of hone my writing ability because yeah it's a cool thing where you're writing on the fly so if right. there's a conversation going on you can you know so like you like literally right now you could think of something in your head of what we're talking about and just come up with something well it's a, it's kind of situation where i think it's easier where if you're listening to a couple other guys mm-hmm. and uh you know i just jot something down on a post-it hand them to him and and Instant gratification, which yeah. is very cool, as opposed to stand up where you got to you write for a week or whatever, and you get out to the mic and this right. just write a joke, hand it to somebody, and they read it on the air, it gets a laugh, and right, right, boy, that's fun. Nice, so, yeah. So I was hooked on radio. I mean, I grew up on like we were talking about Rome and right and Stern, and you know, I was watching you. You're talking about Jim Rome. I, I was watching this uh, thing where uh, famous athletes or athletes losing their cool on the radio on on air. Yeah, and one of them was when he kept calling. Uh, Jim Everett, Chris Everett. Yeah, Everett. yeah. And, oh, he, and he pushes him over, right? Yeah. He gets in his he, face. He got pissed off, man. Jim Everett was, Jim Everett was a big dude. He was huge. He was yeah. like Triple H big. <laughs> I was on Up Close. Yeah, yeah. It was an old Up Close. And I think Jim Rome got replaced right after that. Right or, after that. Was it Roy Firestone? I think so. And yeah. then they went to, uh, and then he just only did radio for the longest time. Wow. So anyway, so then you were, you were doing, so you were doing this thing. So by then you're what, 21? Yeah, I guess 20, I'm, 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 well, I think I'm 22 at the time, leaving that Christian Rock's little fiasco. So, Christian Rock, what were you, what were you playing, like POD stuff? I, was was I wasn't even in the loop. I couldn't have even told you what they were playing. Yeah. I was just having to cut spots that was like 1023 The River. Oh, okay, okay. And and that was the extinct, because I never turned the station on. I yeah. Mean, I was, you know. Yeah. So, I'm going, this isn't my thing, so... I leave, and uh, I get a job at the DNC office in Austin, the Democratic D- National Committee office. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, okay. And when I leave, the uh, the HR woman at Clear Channel gave me, like, the football coach talk. Yeah. Who was going, well, I don't know what you think you're going to do with your life. Oh, man. This is this was your break. This was your shot. So, this going, is, But it, it hits home more because you're kind of like a grown-up, and you're kind of like – you don't know what you're going to do, yeah. so that kind of hits you. I guess registered with you more than the football coach. Uh, talk, maybe may not. No, or was she I mean, just a, she was being like a like a. She's kind of being snotty about it. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. kind of you know being real snooty about it. I was yeah. like, I think I'll figure it out. It's yeah. not like this is Clear Channel was kind of starting. It was like the beginning of the end of Clear Channel. Oh, okay. At the okay. same time, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like jump off the sinking ship, and so I end up at the the DNC office for like six weeks and. They say, like, call me on a Tuesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Somebody from a few bosses ahead of me. And <laughs> the boss's boss. Right. The All the way up. To the assistant. Right. <laughs> so Michael Scott calls me, and he basically says, have you have you ever been to Cincinnati? Yeah. And I'm like, are we just kind of shooting the shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, never been, man, yeah. but I, I do like the hot dogs from Cincinnati. Yeah, <laughs> the chili's all right. The Reds are doing okay this year. Yeah. And he goes, uh, well, uh you know, Thursday morning we're flying you out there. <laughs> so, so was this like a temporary thing, or was it a move? It was just through the end of the Obama campaign. Oh, it that's right. Okay. November. So this was okay. So two thousand and eight. Oh wait, yeah. So I show up and I get to Cincinnati and they, I get off the plane. There's nobody there to meet me. So luckily, the guy I'm with, who's going to Columbus, a guy I was working with out of the Austin office. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a guy waiting for him. Right. I don't. So luckily. They're able to give me a ride to Cincinnati, then they turn around and drive up to Columbus. Okay. And the next morning, I show up to the office. They throw me keys to a rental car and start, you know, telling me where to go around town. And I have no idea. And I've got an old BlackBerry, so the maps. It's not oh, like the gosh. maps app now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no audio jack to have it talk to you like when I'm on my way to your place. So you're like, uh. Oh, yeah. I'm driving a little egg Yaris. And you're and you're driving on freeways that you're not familiar with, or traffic that you're familiar with around uh, University of Cincinnati campus. I have no idea where I'm going or where wow. to park. It's a great experience, man. It was a lot of fun. And uh, so, was is Ohio a Democratic state? It's it's a swing state. Okay, so oh, that's it, right. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the few states that actually go back and forth. And that year, there was Democratic governor, uh, and it was the first time Cincinnati had voted blue. 
since 1964. So blue is Democratic. Okay, I thought, oh, yeah, you're, gosh, what's wrong with me? Yeah, you're right. Blue is Democratic. Democratic. So it's the first time Cincinnati had voted for a Democratic president since 1964, which was Lyndon Johnson, and having came from KLBJ mm-hmm. and Central Texas, there was something really cool about that for me. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, LBJ is a, a bit of a... He's ha- he's got some a little a little bit of conspiracies to him and some controversy. So many, you know. There was like I think Texas state legislature. I think my dad told me this story like 1948. Okay, there was some type of voting yeah. issue in Alice, Texas. Yeah, it was, uh, County. It, was it was ballot box 13. Yeah, I mean precinct 13. Yep. I was, we were just talking about this last week with uh, some guys I know working on the Tom Wakely campaign here in San Antonio. Yeah, and yeah, I, they you know they realized it was down to one precinct. And I don't know if Lyndon told him, but somehow some guys very close to Lyndon yeah. uh, grabbed that precinct voting box, and uh-huh. it, it was never seen again, so other no, than one photo where they have it on the back of the bed of the f- pickup truck, and wow. they, they're all drinking Lone Star or whatever it was at the time, and they're standing around the truck, and these guys were so arrogant and so cocky that they took the photo with terrible the ballot box terrible and i mean it's not like the the chat error issue right no they just straight up just jacked <laughs> the box just, they, the box went mia and then you think you know if he doesn't win that senate race you know he doesn't become vice president right and, and, and then, it's that's one of those moments butterfly effect right yeah yeah so you know we're not getting too um no that's just a cool story no it is a very cool story but i just want to know your take because i was just talking to somebody about this jfk stuff do you think he was in on it lbj I think there were a lot of people in on it. Yeah. But I don't I boy, I don't think that he wasn't in on it. Yeah. And I, I don't know like to what level. Right, right. But I would say as as smart as Lyndon Johnson was and as calculating as he was. Right. He's a lot like Nixon in that way. Yeah. Uh I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. You know, he, he he knew I mean the nineteen sixty convention came down to him and JFK. Yeah. And Lyndon was pretty sure that this young up and comer from from Massachusetts, millionaire kid, wasn't going to beat him. Yeah. Because he'd done the hard work in the South, coming up. I mean, he was FDR's favorite congressman. Really? That's how far that goes back. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, I wish we knew more. Right. You know, it's kind of like 9-11. I wish we knew more. Oh, yeah. But we never will. Right. So it, it makes for great conversation when you're when you're sitting outside grilling and, and smoking a joint with some buddies. <laughs> you know? Has that happened to you before? Oh, maybe a few times. <laughs> I don't know. You What's know, today? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You know, um, I think that the JFK stuff is going to come to light pretty soon because they were supposed to release that information, weren't they? They do have a lot of papers that are getting ready to, to be released, yeah. I think. And yeah. we do that every, you know, every anniversary we get all excited and right, thinking, right, like right. all of a sudden we're going to find it. Right. Yeah. So then you went to Cincinnati and you wor- you did the DNC stuff and this was 2008. Yeah. Obviously the outcome was. We Obama. did all right. Yeah. You did okay. We did okay. Yeah, Obama kind of killed McCain. And Sarah Palin helped. <laughs> yeah. She helped a man, lot. It, man, that's crazy. Sarah Palin's almost kind of like what, what Trump's doing right now. Yeah. Only- the, the early days of it. Yeah. But I think the difference is Sarah Palin believed it. <laughs> Whereas Trump just he he just fire like getting people crazy. He's got like diarrhea of the mouth. Oh, it's it's wonderful. I I've said this on somebody's podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, mm. I can't get enough of it. Yeah, I, I'm borderline obsessed. Look, I almost started doing his hands right there. Like mm. I'm borderline obsessed with watching yeah. Trump. <laughs> and you know, the deal is he won't put out his tax returns. Not to get political, but right, just. Right, right. It's you know too late for that, right? Right, we're already in it. It's okay. But uh, he won't put out his tax returns because it's going to be a whole bunch of contributions to the Clintons. Yeah, and he's a New York Democrat, and that's nobody should be surprised by that. As a right. guy who's lived in Manhattan his entire life, right? You know, but then he he saw an opening, and the thing that people are saying now is that he he got in to help with leverage for The Apprentice, and then when he says Mexicans are rapists and criminals on the mm-hmm. first day, NBC wow. says goodbye. And now they've got Arnold or whatever, but and I think when he lost Apprentice, he says, "I'm I'm doing this. Like I'm going all the way with the crazy, and we'll see how it goes." And boy, it worked out. Yeah, it. I don't know. Okay, so I don't know. I don't know what to think because there's two different types of things to think. One is how the hell is is he still in this race by saying the things he's saying every week, right? And then the second thing is, how do people feed into this? Because uh, do they think the same thing? I mean, because right. obviously it – look, pe- I mean, we everybody talks about it. And I'm not – you know, 
am I, I'm not a Republican by any means. I mean, the last time I voted, I vote. I didn't vote in 2012 because I just moved to San Antonio. I didn't have I wasn't the registration. And- right. The last time I voted, I mean, I voted for Obama. I mean, right. I, I thought I was ready for change. I was ready for something different. And when, I mean, just the stuff that these things, these the, the things that he's saying, like just the other day, and I'm not trying to put my dad on the spot here, but my dad was here and he was like, did you just, did you see what Trump said? And I go, no, what did he say? He's like, look, put it. So he put it, he puts it on CNN or whatever. And he's saying, if black people vote for me, you won't get shot. Right. Oh, he says people are walking around. I mean, he's in Austin two weeks ago saying people are getting shot in the street. Oh, my god! you're walking down, you know, I may, what do we have that, like once a year on 6th Street, something like that happens. But right. other than that, you walk down Congress any time, day or night, and you're fine. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's just interesting, man. I mean, it, it, it seems like 150 years later we still have the same problems that we had. Yeah. It's, it, it's scary what, to a certain extent. What's mind-blowing to me, Ro, is that if, you know, Donald Trump has had a crazy mind-blowing gaffe, what would have been a gaffe, every week of the campaign. Right. I mean, calling the federal judge Mexican. I mean, making Megyn Kelly jokes about her, period. I mean, it's oh. those are just the old classics. There's new stuff right. going on now. Over yeah. the weekend, I heard him say, within an hour of being elected, all the bad guys will be be off the street and i'm looking through your your justice league poster and your avengers poster and i don't yeah. see trump on there <laughs> but i'm going He's like who's not who's <laughs> who's buying this yeah you know but there are people who are yeah that's scary so doing this going back to this obama thing did you never did you ever get to meet him no uh you said you met joe biden we were uh, yeah about i met her. joe biden in 08 and i met him in so I go to Second City, I go to Chicago, and I end up working on local campaigns. I end up back at the, the Obama re-election campaign mm-hmm. at the headquarters, uh, you know, which is like being a bad boy in Yankee Stadium. You know, it's like, I can't believe it. It's it's a, it's a credibility on your and, resume, man. And uh, Well, I like to think so. Uh, some people disagree yeah. once meeting me, but... Uh, <laughs> So I meet Biden again, and I, you know, I'm riding the the elevator every day with David Axelrod, and he's yeah. giving me shit about wearing a Cubs hat because all that Obama crew's all South Side guys, right. White Sox guys, sure. Yeah. And uh, election day, everybody's you know nervous and terrified, and sure. it wasn't quite like this where we all felt as yeah. good. Uh, Mitt Romney kind of had his shit together a little bit better on twenty in twenty twelve, sure, yeah, than Trump, yeah, and. As crazy long campaign and, and, you know, sweating it out and being on the phone all day, every day. And uh, I decided to sleep in Wednesday morning, the morning after the election. And we probably stayed up a little too late. You mm-hmm. know, we were celebrating and right. bopping were, bottles. Were y'all really worried? Said. No, but it was just that it's a tense thing. Right, because you because you still you ha- you go in confident, but you still think that, hey, anything can happen. It's that game face deal yeah. where it's like, you know, it's not that you're worried you're getting blown out, but so many things can fall in line like dominoes to where you just you don't know you know but when five o'clock rolls around you see david axelrod walking through the office looking at his blackberry with a big smile on his face and Rahm Emanuel comes through giving people high five <laughs> you feel all right about yeah. it uh that's kind of when people start celebrating with like you know three minutes left in the super bowl right, right, to right keep right. on the sideline yeah so i sleep in wednesday morning it's probably ten thirty. i get up and i'm getting dressed and i'm Put on the the dress clothes and the tie, and I have CNN on the background, and they show a little brief clip of Barack Obama at his campaign headquarters Wednesday morning. I'm like, today is Wednesday morning. Yeah. And he's standing right next to my desk giving this speech. Wow. And he he breaks down crying in the speech. Really? Talking to, you know, you kids, like, I I never imagined having such smart kids working for me, and... A great speech. You can find it on YouTube. But, yeah, so I slept right through it. You missed it. I missed it. I'm still, yeah. you know, I, I hope someday I get to run into Barack Obama somewhere so I can tell so, him that story. And his campaign was in Chicago for 2012? The headquarters was. Wow. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Right downtown at the Prudential Building. Oh, she's just, she's, yeah, we're good. Yeah, so that was a, you know, a little lesson on maybe don't sleep late during the week. Well, but, I mean, it was the election. And I remember watching that election day and night and seeing all the votes and everything like that and man even then people were still saying things but it it just you know it comes to me and i told my dad and my my dad my dad's gotten into politics he's always been into this stuff and who's president and what they do and what this or that and people were always complaining and one of the things that i that i noticed was that again i'm just i just have to 
vent about it because I think I'm the older I'm getting, the more and more I'm getting into this well, how, political thing. I think thing. that's how it, it should be, you know, right. especially once you have a kid. Once you have a kid. Yeah, because it's going to affect their life more right. than anything. It's not just like, hey, I'm not voting, whatever. I don't, you know, I'm not in school. Who cares? Right, But right. once you have a kid, dude, it's, it matters. Yeah, yeah. It matters. So there, there was a thing where people were always criticizing Obama for this, Obama for that. And then I see, you know, I see people. They're called like, sore losers, right? Right, yeah, sore losers. And I see Hannity complaining how Obama uses a teleprompter, but then he's praising Trump on using a teleprompter. Right. And then it's just, I don't know, man. It, it, I think that people don't realize how good, how good they have, how good we have it now with the way he is when come November. That's one of my things is we are so spoiled rotten when it comes. To like, if you grew up during the Obama years, the your idea of a president, you're just spoiled because yeah. you don't remember W. You don't remember you know all the drama that right. went along with Bill Clinton, right. and, and we probably don't remember all the stuff with Reagan very right, well. Right, right. But I mean, Obama comes along; he might be the most charming, coolest guy, not that's ever been president that, but maybe that's ever lived. Sure. I mean, he's he's impressive. Yeah. And. I think we're going to get 50, 40 years down the road. We're going to be old guys sitting on a front porch, and it's it's not even going to be up for debate. Right. We're, we're going to think of him the way people now think of FDR. Or JFK or whatever. Or, or LBJ. Or, yeah, yeah. You know. Do people really like LBJ? I, you know, he did a lot domestically, uh-huh. but then the Vietnam stuff kind of cancels it out. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of a butterface situation, right? Gray body and <laughs> bag it, right? <laughs> so you lived in Chicago. How long did you live in Chicago? I was there for four years. Dude. I think I'm the only guy who gained like 45 pounds still walking everywhere he went because, well, because of, of all that deep dish. Dude, pie, uh, hot dogs, I mean, burgers, wings, just, I mean, every, everything. It's the Chicago life, man. Everything. Dollar PBR, I mean, it's just, it's... So PBR, what is what is, what is PBR? Paps Blue Ribbon Beer. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, okay. It's it's, it's their Lone Star. It, okay, it's their version of Lone Star. Yeah. yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. for a dollar and you're like 23, 24. Oh, dude, you're that's... you on a budget. Fuck, hell yeah, man. Forget it. So did you go to Cubs games out there? Man, I ended up, uh, I went to a couple when I first moved up there. Actually, like the week I moved up there, one a good comic friend came up and visited me. Yeah, uh, we went to a game, uh, Cubs Giants, and it was a great time. And then by the time, like the last year I'm in Chicago, I'm living four blocks from Wrigley Field in Wrigleyville to the point where when Springsteen plays at at him. Wrigley, I can hear him from my little balcony. That is awesome. It was it was surreal, man. It was like uh, you can hear it clear. Or yeah, it? yeah, it was like having it on the radio. Oh man, it was ridiculous. So, man, you're just there gemming out to Dancing in the Dark in Absolutely. Your, on your balcony. Thunder Road, you know? <sighs> Dang, dude, that's sweet. I have a Cubs hat, but it's not present. I know. I was looking See, for it because I heard a show, one of your shows, uh, I think the most recent one, you're talking about having a Cubs hat, and I, I got here and I was going, <laughs> rat bastard lied to me. <laughs> no, you know what, man? Um, I have a buddy of mine who's a big, uh, he's, from, he's from California, like, um, San Jose area. Yeah. So he's he's San Francisco Giants. He's a forty diehard Forty ers fan and a big. But he's loving the Kaepernick stuff. Oh yeah. You know what? I haven't even texted him about it. I need to text him about it. What a it. mess. So he. I need to talk to him about it. And then um, we were watching the Giants Cubs game at his at his house, and I left my hat there. And he's like, "You left your hat over here on purpose to rub it in, or whatever." <laughs> oh, you know, maybe I did, I, I guess. But hey, we've never, as Cubs fans, we haven't got to do that in our lifetime, right? You know, other than Sammy Sosa's little run, yeah, and Kerry Woods' five minutes of fame, right? Which a hell of a game, the twenty minutes. strikeouts. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, now that man, the the pitching. I mean, Theo Epstein has done such an amazing job. Ariadne is a he's a cyborg. Oh man, he's just and ridiculous. They got to not. They got to. They got to lock him down, man. They got to keep him. Yeah. Yeah, they can't let him shack us. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely not. So when you were, so in Chicago, was it just Cubs games you went to? Did you go to Bulls games? I never made it to a Bulls game. Did you at least see the statue? Yeah, I saw you the did. statue. Okay. I did. In fact, uh, there's a certain train you can take, and yeah. you can you can drive ride by and see the United Center and the statue. They got the big Blackhawks logo outside and the Bulls logo. Yeah, yeah. It's not really the way it looks in movies. So like looks, in movies, it's always remember in He Got Game. It's yeah, like a yeah. very close up. And, yeah, and you kind of back out. You realize it's just like a giant parking lot around yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I never made it to a Hawks game, so we'll have to go back, my man. We got to go back. And uh, never made it to a White Sox game. Wow. 
Comiskey, right? That's a big uh, historic yeah, place. Yeah, they just said they're renaming it to something worse than Cellular One. <laughs> it's going to be like FreeCreditReport.com Stadium or something. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, so we 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 went. Uh, so I, I like a lot of things Chicago, man. So like I was mentioning to you earlier, Marty DeRosa was on my podcast, yeah. and. Cold Cabana is a big, big influence. CM Punk is pretty awesome oh, yeah, too. Man. So I mean, everything in Chicago seems like it rocks. I mean, Blues Brothers was filmed in Chicago. Absolutely, I mean, you can't can't go wrong with that. Absolutely. And then you, uh, Farley's from there. Yeah, Farley was from had, there. Uh, Col- he did, Colbert, he did Second Carell. City, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, Second City. Mike was, Myers did Second City. Oh man, it's it's like the Yankees. Yeah, who's who, right? Yeah, it's it's amazing, and uh, I I couldn't keep up with improv. I auditioned for the Conservatory, which is where they find the guys for the main cast. Yeah, and gals now. Yeah. Uh, well, Joan Rivers, first oh, class ever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I auditioned for it three or four times and just kind of came to the realization that maybe, you know, improv's not my thing and I like to sit down and, and write material yeah. and do it by myself gotcha. and don't leave it up to somebody else because it's kind of, you kind of have to, you know, trust each other and I'm not great at that. And Hey, well, I mean, you trusted me enough to come yeah, hang but, out with me for a little bit. Absolutely. But, I mean, we've been talking for a long time. Yeah. I just mean comedy-wise. Yeah. You know, and improv people are definitely not stand-up. There's very few people who can do both really well. So can just describe to me this, because the way I see improv is like, if I'm watching like a Bill Murray movie, for example, right? Every th- like a lot of the lines he spits out, that's all like imp- improv, right? What he's just, he's make- thinking on the fly. From what I heard in Ghostbusters, he like, ad- or that's ad-libbing, never mind. Is right. that the same thing? Well, it's like the difference between improv and ad-lib, I think, and, and you know, you... you you're winning my heart right now because I got it in my bedroom. It's giant. I mean, bigger than anything. Maybe the size. No, it's bigger than your your Empire State Building. Yeah, painting, yeah. But it's a giant Bill Murray painting of is his it, face. Is it the the one that the one that's on T-shirts? It's I the think? one that you see on cars. It's that older Bill. You know, like the Statesman. Is it the 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 stripes one where he's pointing at you? No, it's it's like the Steve Zizou, the older <laughs> oh, one. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Life Aquatic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. You know, I think like improv, true improv, you get up on stage, you have no idea what you're going to do. Yeah. And you just start a scene and somebody starts acting like they're a doctor and you're a patient, whatever. See, obviously, I'm not great at it. Right. Well, I mean. I've but been- I think like ad-libbing like for, for Bill Murray, which is us trying to explain Babe Ruth, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think they, they had a script, but then they, they, like if you read the Ghostbusters script, yeah. I'm a hardcore serious Ghostbusters guy. You are? Yeah. I, oh, got, dude, I, I love f- Ghostbusters. Uh, I got an autographed script Shut on my bookshelf. The yeah. hell up. From everybody. I got it for a birthday present. Really? Yeah. Man, uh, it must have been expensive on eBay. That's man. like if I run out of my house and it's on fire. <laughs> that's like, I'm thinking that's, that's the only thing I'm grabbing. <laughs> like the Obama <laughs> Biden signed photo. Forget it. Oh, I'm, I'm going to the Ghostbuster script. Because <laughs> there's no telling if we will ever see Rick Moranis anywhere ever again. Right. The guy's like. He's doing country he's music. He's a hermit now. Yeah, yeah. He's doing country music. So. Yeah, we're, we're talking about we're Ghostbusters. talking about Ghostbusters. How it was like your favorite movie? Yeah, I think if you read the Ghostbusters script, it reads a lot different as far as like the lines we know and love. Sure, like where do the stairs go? They go up. You know, like <laughs> those great lines. They're not. They're actually not in the script. And and you go like that's the magic of uh, Harold Ramis, Aykroyd, and Bill Murray all being from Second City. Yeah, it's where they can write quick on their feet, but still in context to where it makes sense and it it works better than what was on the page. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot he does say that. Uh, that great that underrated line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's a, the other day, man, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not in any stretch of an of imagination, a, an ad libber or an improv person, but sometimes people will ask me something and I give them like a sarcastic response. Mm-hmm. And like, I went and got like a, I feel bad because I ate Taco Bell, but I had this $5 box and one of my coworkers is like, what's that? I go, a box. <laughs> There you go. It's like, well, yeah, I get that, but what is it? I'm like, well, it's a box, a box of food <laughs> or something, but I just said like a box or a deadpan, you know? So what is the $5 box? It's been you a long what? time since it's, I've done Taco you know Bell. What? Okay, so the other day, and shame on me for admitting that I just had Taco Bell, but... Honesty is the best policy, bro. Is it? Sometimes. Podcast it is. Okay, so yeah, you're right. Okay, so I went and I had Taco... What was in it was a gordita, some okay. nachos, and a... Beefy burrito and a soft and a crunchy taco. Sounds amazing. It was heaven. I mean, it was only five bucks. Uh, uh, you got I mean, one I around can't here. Go to Waterburger. What's that? So you got one around here. There is one actually. If you get back on, if you're going back to San Marcos, 
it's going to be right on FM 78, right next to Rutledge Stadium. I know what I'm doing after this. You got to hit that up. I'm doing it, man. I mean, you know, sometimes you got to eat bad. To... I didn't know I was going to come here and get such amazing restaurant recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Taco Bell is, is dime a dozen, you know? It's at, you know what? Compared to a lot of the crap food, it's it's – it's up there for me. Is I mean, it? it's it's higher up there than no, no, no. I don't mean high up there like on the on the shit spectrum. I mean like it's actually you can eat it and not feel like you got you know hit with Thorazine dart. Right, because it come, comes right out. Right. I mean immediately. <laughs> like wait till you get home. Um. So what do you? So did you ever have White Castle in Chicago? Oh, dude, no. I'll tell you where I ate a lot of White Castle. Cincinnati. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's good. on every corner almost. Yeah. What do you, What are your thoughts? Uh, I ate enough of it to kind of hold me over for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, I mean, we'd go by between that and Skyline Chili, which is spaghetti and then chili on top of it and then diced onions and then like neon shredded taco cheese, which we're used to from here. Right, right. Dude, that that just sounds good. Right. Yeah. And to me, I was like, this sounds awesome. And then you talk to kind of some more, I don't even know what the word is, more people who kind of strike you as like. They're into. They're still wondering the, what Mitt Romney's up to. Those type of folks. Oh, like Marge Marge Trot fans. Yeah, Is absolutely. That her last name? Yeah, the 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 Reds owner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, it sounds horrible and just absolutely disgusting to some people. But boy, it's good after a few beers late at night. Oh yeah. So you being from Austin, you a big Torchy's Tacos fan? I'll tell you what. Well, I'm, we have a Torchy's in San Marcos, yeah. and it's great. And it just got there, and we feel like we're a big city now that we have one, and we're getting a Chewies, and yeah. we got an In and Out. In and out, yeah. But for my money, it's uh, it's Taco Deli in Austin. Taco Deli. And if you got to you got to go stop by and check one out next time. You know, you and the misses and, yeah. and this one are, are yeah. In Austin. We're, we're big Lulu's Cafe fans. Yeah, man. Have you been there? Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah, I, I still can't try the chicken fried steak. Although Adam Richmond tried it, I, I've been kind of intimidated of it. But yeah, it's never a good idea to try to uh, remake an Adam Richmond stunt. Yeah, that guy. Have you seen that guy now? He lost a shitload of weight. Lost a bunch of weight. He looks awesome, and uh, and he doesn't do any of the crazy stuff anymore. Yeah, yeah. which is probably a good thing, right? Right. I, I can't imagine that it being it's good for you to begin with. But I was watching some of his man versus food stuff because I went through this thing where I was craving a lot of bad food. So I said, you know what? Let me watch this so I can get my mind out of eating something bad. Scared straight. Right. Or I can watch uh, Super Size Me because it's on oh. Netflix too. Oh, traumatize you. Oh, yes, it will. Wow. Have you, Morgan you, Spurlock is, is near death by the end of that movie. Yeah, isn't it like, crazy? Literally. Yeah. The, the, the eating McDonald's every day had the same effect on him as drinking alcohol. Right, or, or even doing meth to some extent. The way your body just breaks <sighs> Jeez, down. man. And it took him like a year and a half to get his get himself back did it really yeah he's you know he's lucky he didn't get diabetes or something right right the guy like got really big man and real unhealthy and i was watching it and i'm like okay so i really want to eat a burger from mcdonald's even though i mean that's kind of gross but i'm i'm, I'm kind of just want to eat in a hurry and i'm at work and i say you know what I'm gonna take a break. I'm gonna watch this. So it's the second. I think he's like the second or third day. Third day, and he's in right. the car, and he pukes the first day he pukes. Yeah, I was like, okay, oh man, I'm definitely not going over. That's there. as far as you need to get. Yeah, it's like the like you're big. You a big WWE guy, wrestling yeah, fan? Yeah, yeah, I grew up on it, man. Okay, okay. So be careful, sweetheart. Dude, we got SummerSlam going. <laughs> yeah, on Yeah, we do. Here. We do. She's uh <laughs> coming in here like China. Look at that stare down. <laughs> oh, so we're dude. So Ultimate Warrior, yeah, was a health nut. Right, like he worked out and trained. He wasn't doing coke like Randy and like like yeah, he Hogan. He abused steroids. I mean, sure, but I mean, time. but Randy Savage and uh, some of those guys were. Oh yeah, doing a lot of oh, other sure. stuff. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was. He was on a podcast with uh, Chris Jericho's. Chris Jericho's podcast. Yeah. So um, no, not him. His wife. I'm sorry. After he passed, and she's talking to him, and he's she's asking he's asking her so because he worked with him in WCW and, and Jericho shares a story about how. He had so much discipline, like White Goodman esque discipline type, where he wouldn't eat dessert. So he would. So what happened was he said one day they had some cookies and, and catering, and he gets a whole bunch of cookies and he smashes them up into little pieces. And and the next thing he did was so disturbing. And, I, and he's like, well, not disturbing, but just strange. I'd never seen it. He starts. He gets the plate of cookies and he's smelling them. Oh my god! So I thought you were going to tell me he snorted a line. No, of no, no. That's what of I chips thought. ahoy. <laughs> That's where I thought he was going with it, but he's like, no, th- he he felt that by smelling the cookies and smashing them up had the same effect as eating them. Because you get you get all the sensory stuff yeah. without actually putting it in your body, I right. guess. 
Well, I mean, Cisco is a health nut. It's the first time I've ever heard of anything weird Ultimate Warrior did, so I appreciate you telling <laughs> that story. <laughs> That's Sarka. <laughs> All right, folks, that was my conversation, part one, with the Sam Slade. Uh, Tune in next week for part two. And, man, it was, again, like I mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, it was such an amazing conversation. Sam made it really easy. And maybe maybe it's just we disconnected, like I said, we disconnected on a a level where I felt like, hey, this is going to be the type of podcast that we're going to go. We just ran with it, and we had an amazing time. Um, part two is even better, so tune in. Um, let's go ahead and start. start uh, let's start talking about Twitter, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Vine at Roel Santos Jr. I was going to say let's start talking about social media. Um, you can go visit www.worldofro.com to check out the entire episode catalog. Um, check out my sponsors. You can uh, take advantage of some of those promotional offers. Kicks back a few shekels to my show. You can also go to uh, Patreon.com/WorldofRo. You can donate a, a buck, two bucks. It gives you insight to bonus content and all the things that I'm doing. I would really, really appreciate the support. And please take the time to write that review on iTunes. I would really appreciate it. That's going to do it this week. Hey, guys, have a fantastic weekend. I know I'm going to have a fantastic weekend with all the high school, not high school football, NFL, college football. And then lastly, I'm going to go check out that amazing, great, great San Antonio Bass show. Guys, if you are in San Antonio, you live here, or you, if you can make the short drive, go check out that show. It's going to be so awesome. I know you're going to be entertained. You've been listening to The World of Row, and stay tuned as The World of Row continues to turn. Have a great weekend, everyone.